0: Behind every major or minor success in my business is a relationship with someone who inspired me, challenged me, or hooked me up. So despite the fact that professional networking excites me about as much as a root canal, I wouldn't be here without the relationships I've built. What I've learned over the last 10 years is that I can make business networking work for me, I don't have to attend cocktail mixers or even meet up with strangers at conferences. What's worked for me is using the communication tools that light me up to expand my network, meet new people, and form the seed of new relationships. Today, I'm using Instagram stories and direct messages to connect with new people. I'm also exploring LinkedIn and Of course, I regularly develop stronger relationships with people in the WhatWorks network. Once I've established a new relationship using one of those tools, I can go deep on a Zoom call, at a coffee date, or between sessions at a conference, or even here in an interview. Case in point, my guest today is someone who I got connected to through a quick exchange on Instagram, an introduction via email, and then a deep dive interview. You're listening to What Works, the show that brings you honest conversations about what's working to run and grow a small business today. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. That chance connection I mentioned was with Shannon Siriano Greenwood, the founder of RebelCon and the Rebel Community in Richmond, Virginia. I thought Shannon would be the perfect person to answer the question, what's working in networking today? After all, Shannon is the mastermind behind how hundreds of entrepreneurs and professionals have met, bonded, and become friends since the conference was started in 2017. Shannon and I talk about her personal networking style, the mistakes she sees small business owners making when it comes to expanding their networks, and how she purposefully structures events to make meeting new people easier. Do you have an unconventional way of expanding your personal network? Do you make networking a priority in your weekly schedule? I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Instagram. I'm at Tara underscore McMullen. Tag me in a post or shoot me a message. Now let's find out what's working in professional networking. Shannon Siriano Greenwood, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yay, thank you. Awesome. All right, so it seems like RebelCon is all about lifestyle design, but that your mechanism for exploring lifestyle design is really people. You bring people together. You put the right people in the right room talking about the right things. Why did you decide to bring people together around this topic instead of, say, maybe starting a blog or a YouTube channel or an online course that centers your own expertise?
1: Well, It is literally for my own personal enjoyment and benefit. These are topics that I really wanted to learn about, so I thought what better way to learn about them than to find the people that know about them way better than I. I never pretend to be an expert on anything. So the idea of starting a blog or a YouTube channel or any of that would require that I actually have to know how to do things or know <laughs> about things instead of getting to just be the attendee, the audience member, and learn from all these incredible people.
0: I love that. Um, I Yes, I just really love that. And I appreciate that ethos and uh, that – yeah, just the the origin of, of the whole thing. So um, – any uh, any business, I think, that's focused on events and bringing people together is really hard to operate as a person of one. And I know you've got a bit of a team behind you. How did you meet the people that are on the RebelCon team?
1: Originally, the team was people that I knew. Again, going back to how selfish I am when I create things, I... My vision for RebelCon was an opportunity to work with all of the cool people that I never had a reason to work with before. So when we were first coming up with the idea of hosting a conference, I was literally sitting at my dining room table with my co-founder and one other friend who we knew we wanted to work on a project together. And before we even really narrowed in on what the content or the format would be, we were brainstorming who we always wanted to work with. So once we had our kind of wish list of all the people we always wanted to work with, we started tapping them, and then we figured out, okay, these are actually the extra people or extra roles that we need to fill. Who do we know or who knows someone who knows someone that can help us with that? Mm. That was how it started. And how it's grown is people are finding us now and aligning so much with the mission and the vision and what we're sharing that they are asking us to be involved.
0: Mm. Um, I want to dig into further, like how you're expanding your network and how you personally are are building new relationships uh, uh, right along those lines. But you mentioned vision. And it strikes me that the vision that you had for RebelCon at the beginning must have been pretty big to start to see those roles within this opportunity or the the roles within what you were trying to create. Because again, a lot of people start off thinking, Small and playing small, um, so that they can fill all of the roles. So, what was when you when you were building this initial seed of an idea? What was that initial vision that you guys were getting behind?
1: I will tell you, I wish sometimes that I could think smaller (laughs) because it would be so much easier if I could just do it by myself. But I like just don't even possess that ability. Um, Like I said, I, I started with another founder, and we were at my dining room table while I was on maternity leave, literally breastfeeding my baby. And she's like, let's work on something. Maybe it could be a workshop. And I immediately jumped like, nope, it's a conference. And we're bringing speakers from all over the country. And it's gonna be hundreds of women. And this is the this is the big thing. And now we just have to figure out how to do it. So it's my own like personal lack of chill that has put me into this place and into this type of project.
0: I love that. I can definitely relate to that. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, Okay. Let's talk about your personal networking relationship, building work and style. How are you or what are you doing right now to continue to expand your network and to meet new people and to really find the people who can help you continue to bring this vision to reality?
1: Well, I have two things that I'm doing right now that are kind of new for me. And as a person that always Is, you know, considers myself a connector. I think it's interesting that I'm just discovering new tools, but I have never before used LinkedIn, which I know that's like kind of crazy, but I'm just like new to LinkedIn and I've been blown away how easily people will accept my, you know, connection and want to get together in person. Um, I'm a big, big believer of getting together in person. You know, I love to meet a person face to face and really like learn about them. Um, you know, I know a lot of people like to just expand the size of their network and that's like the goal of just know a lot of people and meet as many people as possible where I personally want to dig way deeper and really get to know people that I think can be supportive of me and that I can support. So that's, that's one of the big ones. Um, that's new for me right now and then other ways that I'm expanding my network I think this is a great thing for anyone who is trying to meet more people I ask people for introductions I do that if I go to a networking event and I don't know anyone I will like single someone out walk up to them and be like hey who in this room should I know so that I don't then have to approach people all night long, which can be exhausting, even if you are an extrovert, which I'm like both extra intra. So I do that in a big group networking setting, but I also do it in individual meetings. If I meet with someone new and I think they're really interesting, I'll ask them at the end of the meeting. Is there anybody that you know that you think I should be connected with? And would you make that introduction?
0: I love that. I love that. And, um, I am also uh, just starting to get into LinkedIn as well. And I completely agree. It's such a fast place to make real relationships really like people are very open there. Like you said, people are
1: so open. It's so I don't know why I'm surprised by it, but I've been really pleasantly surprised how how people are so excited to connect there.
0: Perfect. Well, and for anyone listening to this uh, right away, we actually have a uh, someone coming up on the podcast very soon, um, who is use or who has used LinkedIn to expand her business just by absolute leaps and bounds in very much the same way. Um, Shannon, you mentioned that meeting people in person and kind of going deep quickly is really important to you. How do you make time to have those kind of meetings on a regular basis?
1: That really is the hardest part. And that's probably something that I should really watch on my calendar because it can get overwhelming. But I just love getting to know people so much that I do it probably more than I should if I was being really smart about my productivity. But a way that I've had, I've heard other people do this better than I do is lunch meetings. So you're going to eat lunch, like make a couple days a week, the days that you want to have lunch with other people. And that's kind of a good placeholder to add it to something that you might already be doing. Or I know other people that will reserve like Thursday morning coffee for, you know, meeting other people or informational interviews. They set a specific time on their schedule for when they can be available to meet with people in real life.
0: Perfect. Okay. So you mentioned this already that, you know, stepping into a big event can be really nerve wracking. It can be anxiety inducing. It can be, uh, you know, it can be so such a big deal that people fail to do it to begin with. Um, And I'm sure that there are some really intentional things that you've done at RebelCon to make it easier for people to meet each other because that's a core component of what you guys are doing. So how do you guys structure rebelcon events to make meeting new people easier for the people that are there for the attendees?
1: So, I don't know why, but I have kind of a personal aversion to like icebreakers mm-hmm. or like activities like that that like make you write something corny on something so that it like sparks conversation. But We are still very intentional about making sure people feel connected at our events. So all of our team members and then we also have ambassadors, so people that we've worked with before, that literally their job is to make sure no one stands alone. So we go out of our way to make sure that we are getting people you know, in the circles of conversation and making introductions. It's literally the responsibility of our team to make sure people feel comfortable at all of our events, the big ones and the small ones. And that has worked really well for us. And that is actually something I stole from my experience when I owned a brick and mortar business. Before I started doing events, I owned a boutique cycling studio. And something that we found worked so well because. I know you are really into fitness and like a lot of fitness can be the same way. It's kind of intimidating for people mm-hmm. when they walk in and it's like everyone else here is super fit and I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm un- uncomfortable and anxious and awkward. So when I owned the studio, we put a practice in place whenever someone came into the studio that was new we had to immediately introduce them to someone who was a regular mm. and that connection made them one immediately feel more comfortable two made the like regular feel like oh i'm important and like i'm now an ambassador unofficially and we saw so much higher return of people coming back because they immediately felt connected to the business or to the event
0: i love that my climbing gym could really use a policy like that i think <laughs> Uh, that's great. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit now and, and talk more about what you're observing in the attendees at your events, um, or even just in the small business space in general. What mistakes have you seen people make as they try to expand their personal networks?
1: I think the biggest mistake I see people make is not, offering something and i don't mean offering something like they're going to give something like a product or a service or whatever but if you're going to connect with someone you can't be the only one that's like receiving the value mm-hmm. so like if i connect with someone on linkedin i can't my goal can't be i just want to learn from you like you need to be able to show up with something to offer if you want that relationship to grow and for that to be an even exchange. So as you're looking to meet with different people, the goal can't always be like, what can I get from this person? And I think you know, networking kind of gets a bad rap because that can often be the case. You know, the people that go to an event with like a hundred business cards and their goal to get their cards in everyone else's hand. And really to make it meaningful. You need to be exchanging evenly you know I need to meet someone that can benefit from me and they need to be that you know it needs to be both ways
0: yeah I've seen a lot of small business owners um, like they have that piece of wisdom in mind <laughs> um, but instead of that being uh, sort of an action item for them, it becomes super intimidating um, and they assume Or they they have this sort of imposter complex around not having something to offer. How do you figure out what you're bringing to a new connection like that?
1: Mm, that's a good one. I think I never personally know going into a meeting what I'm going to be able to offer. Mm. I just have it in my mind that I can't walk away from this conversation without anything. I mean, even if it's like a restaurant recommendation, or like a great book that I just read, like something of value, everyone has something to share. And just being mindful of that of not being the only there to receive, I think is helpful.
0: I love that. I think that's going to be really helpful to people. And I love that you said that you don't know what you're going to to go into a meeting with. It's not like when you make that connection, you have to know exactly um, you know, it your your value, your contribution is worth x amount. It's just having the the presence of mind to make an offer of something to give something in that connection as well as receive. I think that is going to be really really helpful for people. Okay, let's let's turn the tables now. We talked about um, sort of a big mistake that people make. Let's talk about what you've seen that's really surprising, what's really noteworthy, what you've been really inspired by as you watch your event attendees, your community members make uh, new relationships, build new relationships with people what stood out to you or what is standing out to you right now? And can you explain, um, the, the sort of the process or the idea behind it?
1: Sure. So something that's been really interesting that I've noticed that was never my intention when I started planning events is people developing very personal relationships. So they, they, what I thought that our event would do was bring entrepreneurs together. That was really the goal when we first started and two kind of interesting things have happened. So one, our content is not just focused on business skill building. So I don't know why this is a surprise, but people that are not entrepreneurs are finding us in larger and larger waves. So our community is really mixed as far as, um, profession. So we have, you know, Entrepreneurs, freelance professionals, creatives, but they're mixing with career professionals that are on the leadership track that have no desire to ever abandon shit. And so the relationships that are forming are not like, I have this business skill and I have this and we're gonna support each other in this way, but they're actual personal human relationships of people that maybe have similar ambitions or similar interests, but are not necessarily professionally connecting. And I think being open to that is really important because sometimes we just wanna focus on business, business, Mm. business all the time. But as far as your own growth and ability to do different things, like be open to meeting people outside of your little silo, um, that's been really interesting. And then other noteworthy things, you know, I'm always, I feel like I did a great job when I see attendees getting together after our events outside with like no program in mind. So I think that's every you know, community builders dream is when you can be the catalyst, but then those relationships grow without you having to do anything.
0: Yes, as another community leader, I completely agree. Um, Just two of our oldest community members, well, not, they've been in in the community the longest, (laughs) just met up in Denver the other day, and they're posting pictures everywhere. It just makes my heart so warm. (laughs) Um, But I also think that it's sort of a testament to, the nature of professional relationships today as well, which you sort of alluded to in the the first um, surprising thing that you mentioned, which is that they can be both professional and per- personal and they can be, you know, they can further your career at the same time that they're they're helping you with your family or with your personal development. And and that's I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind as to what we're getting out of the, the process of expanding our networks and building new relationships as well. Um I'm curious how your personal approach or your philosophy on expanding your network, building relationships has changed as you've grown RebelCon and as your community itself has grown. Hmm.
1: I would say having RebelCon as my project and what I work on definitely helps me (laughs) expand my network in a more intentional way. You know, I think getting involved in an organization or a group that allows you to make those connections outside of your silo again of what you would normally do is so important so i had you know previously volunteered with other organizations i worked on tedx I've worked on, you know, other professional development groups. And I think it's always nice to have some sort of project like that that connects you and that when you're going into an ask or you're trying to meet someone, you do have something specific that you're connecting with them about. But as far as my approach or perspective, I think it's the same. I think I've always really been motivated by getting to know other human beings and what is exciting and exceptional about them. So I'm a kind of a compulsive connector. And I think my goal in how I approach expanding my network is just to keep getting better at listening. Um, because I do feel like the more that I can listen and hear, you know, the better that I can connect with someone else.
0: Mm, I love that. Uh, you guys just launched or, or, recently launched, uh, the Rebel Community. Can you tell us more about that and sort of what the impetus behind that move was for the the RebelCon ecosystem as a whole? Yes.
1: So RebelCon, like I said, was started as just a conference, a one-time event, an excuse to work with all the cool people we wanted to work with. But what happened was so many people wanted to stay connected after the event that even though they may have been meeting up individually outside, They were kind of looking back at us like, hey, like we need you to help us like stay connected in between the big events. So last year we just kind of tested it and said, "Okay, if we did some just community events, nothing big, no major production, like what would it look like? Would people actually show up? Because sometimes people say they want a thing and then they don't actually want the thing. So we had. A couple different formats that we tested. We tested a panel where we had, you know, presenters. We tested just a mixer. We did some online workshops, and from the feedback from these tests was, they just wanted to connect. So the mixer format is actually the most popular, um, but the panels are also really attractive to people that. Maybe haven't attended anything before and are really kind of testing the waters as far as what they're interested in. So, because we had so much interest in the events in between, we said, All right, let's just make this a thing for 2019. We'll commit to having community events every month. And we literally just launched it. So, we made the announcement in December and we did our launch in January. And I was thinking, maybe we'll get 50 people. Like, wouldn't it be cool to get 50 people? You know, our conference is between 150 and 200. So that if 50 people regularly want to hang out with us, I would consider that a major success. Um, and when we closed the doors to our um, founding membership, we had 135. That's incredible. Which is awesome. And then we're like, oh, man, now what are we going to do with all these people? (laughs) So (laughs) it's a really great problem to have. So we are back to the drawing board to figure out, okay, what really is the format that we can use to engage these people ongoing and not necessarily take away from the big conference? Um, And so it's a really amazing problem to have that so many people are jazzed and looking for an opportunity to connect in this way.
0: Oh, I well, one, congratulations. Two. that also makes me really curious as to what you see your role in in sort of shepherding that community because I imagine it's not just as an events planner. It's not just as an MC. There, I imagine you see you see yourself in that community builder, community manager role or maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to know what you see your role is in sort of this family that you're starting to bring together under the Rebel brand.
1: Sure. I think community builder is definitely a term that I identify with. As far as producing the events, no. I if I once we get to a place financially where I feel secure, that's the first thing I farm <laughs> off to the side. I don't want to worry about how many cups are at this event or where the trash cans are or all of those details that are actually so important. Um, I would love to not be the person responsible for that anymore. Um, I do see myself as really the encourager of, you know, getting people to bring their ideas for what they want the community to be and leading them to build it. It's not just me. So I think the exciting thing about having all these people is now I feel like we have all this input Mm -hmm. of how we can really make this for and led by the community and eventually It's a a thing that can operate by itself that I don't have to be as involved in so that I can continue to grow communities in other places or expand our community and figure out how to connect people outside of just our region.
0: Mm, That's awesome. Uh, I have maybe one or two more questions before we start to wrap things up here. But um, the first one, and this kind of harkens back to really where we started with the conversation, um, which comes back to your vision. What conferences, what events, what people inspired you in fleshing out that initial vision? Where did the idea for this, not not where did it come from, but almost where did it germinate from?
1: Hmm. I think it's funny. I had only ever been to one conference in my life. Wow. Before I decided to plan a conference. And that was eight years ago, maybe even longer than that. I went to blog her Uh in New York. I had a I used to have a restaurant blog back in the day. Um, And I don't think I wanted to emulate that format by any means. I love you know. The TED experience, the idea that people can have totally different ideas and bring them to the stage in kind of an interesting way, and I was really motivated by the fact that where I live, Richmond, Virginia, has a lot of really amazing people that no one really knows about because they like move here to like hide out from people knowing about them. Um, but that also Richmond is a place that people want to come from outside, so. I think I was just excited about the idea of a building a platform for some really incredible people from here locally and then also from other places. And the format was just kind of like the best delivery method that I thought I could execute to you know, making that platform a thing that people could be a participant in.
0: Very cool. Okay, but last question, and maybe we've already kind of covered this, but let's go there anyhow. What are you really excited about for 2019? What do you have on the horizon that is getting you out of bed every morning? Oh, so many things.
1: I'm really excited about the community and just the enthusiasm and support for what we're building here. So I'm excited to see what that will be by the end of the year. Um, And I'm really excited about our upcoming conferences. So we're doing one in April and the attend, the program is coming together just beautifully with a really interesting mix of founders and authors and just incredibly inspirational people that are also very grounded and like human. Um, and then we'll do another conference in October, which... Literally, we have not one thing planned for, which is also exciting to me because the ideas can still bubble and feel very big and exciting. So as much as I wish that I had everything planned out, I'm really excited that I don't because I think the possibility of what we can grow into this year is really unlimited at this point. Uh,
0: That is such a refreshing thing to hear from someone. (laughs) I really (laughs) appreciate that. Uh, Shannon Siriana Greenwood, thank you so much for this conversation and shedding a light on what's working in expanding our networks today. Thank you. What's worked for me is using the communication tools that light me up to expand my network, meet new people, and form the seed of new relationships. Now, today, I'm using Instagram stories and direct messages to connect with people. I'm also exploring LinkedIn. And, of course, I regularly develop stronger relationships with people in the What Works network. Find out more about RebelCon and Shannon Siriano Greenwood at rebelcon.com. That's R-E-B-E-L-L-E-C-O-N.com. Here at What Works, we love to connect you to small business owners who have unconventional, purposeful, and intentional ways of making things work. Our goal is to introduce you to people who inspire you from all walks of small business life. Wouldn't it be great if you could actually get to know people like the folks we talk to each week? That's exactly what happens inside the What Works Network. Our community is full of experienced small business owners, coaches, makers, designers, consultants, marketers, educators, and wellness professionals who do business on purpose and in unconventional ways. Plus, every conversation is a two-way street. Pose your challenges, ask for feedback, talk about what's on your mind as you run and grow your small business. Learn more about the What Works Network and request your invitation to join us at explorewhatworks.com. Slash network. This episode was produced and edited by Sean McMullen. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 180 other episodes about what's really working to run and grow small businesses today at explorewhatworks.com.